What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and The Fast House. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, and she's a repeat offender, but it's been a while. Uh, Desiree Hildebrand. Desiree, how's it going? Good, good. Um been busy today, but uh, we finally got on a call. Yes, it's uh, it's been some time to uh, coordinate uh, two busy schedules, and uh, of course, we're both very understanding of that. But uh, um, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for um, coming on the show again and uh, and putting up with my uh, uh, my jumbled mm-hmm. up questions and, and literally coming up with stuff on the spot, as well as uh, doing it for a second time. Because anyone who's willing to uh, torture themselves twice is uh, uh, with the Big MX Radio podcast is is worth their weight in gold. <laughs> We needed a four-year period, so we're good there. Wow, absolutely. And things have yeah. changed in four years. <laughs> for sure. And for, for those who don't know, um, Desiree was one of our first podcasts we ever did. Uh, 201 Shades of Desiree uh, Samantha is linked in the <laughs> description below. And uh, that's just a, 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 a like in-person interview. is one of our first in-person interviews that we did. And uh, that's just some radio gold that people should go back and, and listen to. And, uh, and that's kind of like a whole, like all-encompassing up to that date, uh, your career within motocross and your passion for it and stuff like that. I think it was a really thoughtful piece. So uh, I hope that people mm-hmm. do uh, look at that. But uh, this, this isn't a great opportunity for the two of us to, uh, to catch up a little bit and see what you've been up to for the last four years. And uh, um, mm-hmm. from my understanding, things have really kind of taken off since uh, jumping on the podcast, I'm sure there's no correlation whatsoever but uh you put your nose to the grindstone <laughs> and uh you let those artistic chooses really start to flow i don't know if it was nose to the grindstone is so 2014 was our last interview but um that year i was contacted contacted by fox women's and they reached out and they were on the hunt for ambassadors and i think like four years ago was kind of when the shift was happening with um sponsorships and and companies taking on ambassadors rather rather than their whole sponsored rider deals. I mean, mm-hmm. they still do that, but um, I think the industry's changed a lot since then. And um, they reached out to me, and I ended up signing with Fox Women's that year too, and kind of began my relationship with them. For sure, and and with that, like it's uh, the the obligations and and the. Uh, uh, the responsibility as an ambassador is a sort of a little bit different um, than mm-hmm. a, a sponsored athlete. I think that's why they've uh, kind of like most of the industry has moved to those types of roles. Uh, what were some of the things that you were looked upon to kind of bring to the table? Um, and, and what was the learning curve like for you to kind of uh, take on that role? And I'm sure when you first got the call, um, like uh, we all grow up with posters of athletes wearing <laughs> Fox apparel head to toe and then uh, to be in conversation with one of those companies is kind of surreal. Oh, it, was, it was a really wild year. It was, um, so in 2014, it was first Metal Militia that reached out through social media and I was all excited about them, but um, kind of my my general look, lifestyle, values isn't exactly Metal Militia material. You don't say. But um, Fox... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Fox Women's reached out, and uh, it was 
it was a girl, she no longer works there, but um, she reached out and they were looking for women who rode and represented the lifestyle and the family aspect and, you know, like kind of the, the cleaner look of a fox girl. And um, I did my first shoot with them in 2014 in September at uh, Washougal Motocross Park. They flew me out there and I met the whole crew and kind of got intro to the fox world and it like it was really easy because we clicked almost immediately most of us and um since then it's kind of been like family absolutely and uh it's it's not too hard to get uh, to get along with people when you've got a backdrop like the picturesque mm-hmm. uh washugal washington uh motocross facility it rain- it, no it rained the whole time did it oh well. it, it was like I couldn't, we wanted to do some riding shots, you know, to get that Fox women. Yeah. You're an actual rider instead of just pretty face or whatever they they're after, but it rained so much. And that track is treacherous when it's wet. It was like almost unrideable. It was so, it was like concrete and just slippery. It was brutal. I I found like some crazy sawdust pile and started banking corners into that just, so we could get something just because I couldn't, I couldn't ride the track. It was way too slippery. Well, no doubt. It, and I had just, I think I, that was my last, that was my, like a week before I left, I got knocked out in Grunsall. I was like a week or two out. So I was still bruising on my forehead from that. And, um, yeah, I didn't want to push the limits being so fresh with a head injury. No doubt, and and, uh, and you were very active within uh, uh, Manitoba motocross uh, racing on almost a weekend to weekend basis. I think actually 2014 mm-hmm. 15, I recall uh, certain weekends, especially Grunthal, uh, which is of course a, a local track that's uh, uh, kind of brings out everybody uh, from every nook and cranny of Manitoba to race it because one of the favorite tracks. <laughs> um, that uh, at sometimes I think there was uh, over 20 women on the line and uh i think uh they definitely you definitely played a role uh of uh, kind of like a uh you're the the figurehead of the women's class at the time and it didn't also help that you found yourself at the front of the pack more often than not um and uh wet conditions at uh um uh washugal uh m- must have been pretty uh uh extreme because uh, I-, I know desiree uh hildebrand can handle herself in the mud i like the mud i actually went out this last week to do some uh, photos with my bike and I was anticipating mud because the rain just cleared out but I was like I was kind of disappointed because it was tacky dirt and I still like that too but I was I was hoping for some good mud mud riding fair enough um (laughs) but I don't like sand riding and that's kind of the same deal so I don't know like I don't know just kind of a silly quirk I guess for sure and so you you uh mentioned connecting with uh, the other ambassadors and that whole uh, that whole piece. Um, what is it about the other women that you found was kind of like that uh, uh, connective um, trait or, or something that you guys kind of seem to all have in common as far as uh, not only what Fox was looking for in an ambassador, but uh, just in general when you're fi- when you found kind of your uh, common ground with the women that you were paired up with. It's crazy because like when I was a kid and riding. Um, you rode with guys and I still ride with guys. There wasn't a lot of women riders. And, you know, you said the line was packed full of 20 some of us and that was awesome. But 
a lot of us don't live really close together and we no, didn't never. get to ride together a whole lot. And, um, and just kind of my whole upbringing, there was no girls to ride with. And where I live, there's not a lot of action sports or like extreme sports kind of girls. And once I got into, once I got involved with Fox Women's, um, it was unreal connecting with so many girls that are like-minded. Like, it's not, it's not wild to have a discussion about injuries or um, the type of riding you like to do. Or if you, you're not just riding dirt bikes, you're snowboarding and you're mountain biking and you're lots of the girls cross over into other sports. It's not just, it's not just one. And that was kind of, it opened my eyes to what, you know, friendships could be instead of kind of, you know, riding with guys. That was good too. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's different connecting with the same gender. Oh, for sure. It's, uh, I don't think it would be unlike if, a uh, if a guy found himself on a, on a women's soccer team or a hockey team, uh, he'd find (laughs) it would be fun, but he'd still have a hard time kind of connecting with, uh, the conversation all the time and, and kind of being felt out of the loop. Uh, and I think that's really positive that, uh, if you can connect with, uh, like, uh, women, um, that share the same passions that you have, or at least they're as passionate about different things. And you, you can see that, uh, that, uh, that love of, of whether it be a sport or, or whatever it happens to be is kind of, um, mm-hmm. uh, something that people can share and they can just, uh, speak passionately, speak romantically about, uh, um, like the, the activities they do. Yeah, it was, it's been probably my favorite part of being involved with Fox Women's is just meeting all these amazing people that you just connect with so quickly. I've never really had that, um, especially with girls to connect um, just, you know, I, there's always the, the conversation about the general stuff that chicks talk about, like, you know, gardening and clothes and whatever. Huh. I do that too. That's cool. But when I want to talk about motorcycles or, um, you know, where we're riding or if we're riding street or whatever, um, it's, it's great to have conversation with other girls, you know, and talk about the struggles we face or what we're doing if, you know, if, if we're having a problem with our bike or whatever, um, there's no, I mean, yes, there's, there are stupid questions, but you know, there's not really a stupid question with other girls. It's more so just helping each other out and being comrades of it rather than competition. For sure. And I'm sure, uh, that was kind of a breath of fresh air for you. And even Jim was just fine that that was even, uh, something that was feasible. Um, and I, like, that was way back in, uh, you said kind of like the tail end of 14. Um, mm-hmm. were you able to continue to stay in contact with those women? How has Fox, uh, corralled the, the women who kind of came kind of from all over and, uh, continuously been able to, uh, reconnect them and, uh, and keep those connections going? They, um, they sparked a lot of new connections for me with different girls from all over. And I still keep in contact with them. Um, the ones who've left Fox or the ones I've met um, through shoots or events or whatever, we still stay in touch and touch base like every couple of weeks, honestly. Um, we live so far apart. We're like California and, and like Nashville and we're kind of all over, but we still keep in touch with each other's lives and, um, yeah, Fox Women's, they, they, they kind of opened the doors for me with both friendships and 
um, work and art. Through them, I paired up with Babes in the Dirt or Babes Ride Out. Um, we went to the first Babes in the Dirt event in 2015 with Fox, and they were just starting out. So Babes Ride Out, if you don't know, is like a huge uh, street motorcycle event that happens in Joshua Tree. Okay. Um, and it's grown like exponentially. I haven't been to a Babes Ride Out event, but the last one I believe they said was like upwards of a like thousand or thirteen hundred girls that ride in from all over. They camp out, and it's this this huge weekend event. And the girls put on a Babes in the Dirt event, so um, a lot of these girls have never ridden dirt bikes or dirt for that matter. So they started this event in 2015, and um, it's in Hungry Valley, California. And it's cold every year, but that first year it was, you know, there was maybe 30 girls there, give or take. And then this last year I went out and there was 700 of us. And it was amazing to see the growth in such a short period of time. It's only been, it was only the fourth year this past year and 700 girls riding dirt bikes. They had uh, 30 Husky demo bikes. They had Fox women's gear that the girls could sign out and use and try so that they knew what um, legitimate riding gear feels like because a lot of those girls, you know, they're riding in sweaters or they've got boots, but they don't really have the full kit to keep them safe. Right. Um, but it's such a cool event to see so many girls coming in and learning to ride dirt bikes and learning to ride different terrain, especially because you can tell when a lot of them are coming from a street background, they just, you can tell by their positioning and, and how they're riding, but it's super cool to watch the progression. For sure, and I'm sure you guys feed off of each other, and, and that's a that's a whole thing in and of itself. And uh, and you as well as I know, uh, over a long period of time, uh, or for a long period of time, uh, women's motocross apparel and women's motorcycle apparel, um, for basically <laughs> for for lack of better terms, is you like either it's a it's an afterthought in the design process, or um, it like the women just wear men's men's stuff. But lately, in the last shrink, say, shrink five, it. they call it shrink it and pink it. Yeah, shrink it and pink it. Um, and, and actually, but actually, lately I've noticed a lot of uh, brands like uh, like Fox uh, coming out with women specific lines that uh, they fit better, mm -hmm. they function like the men's stuff, and uh, and they're yeah. not just literally a floral print or or just straight up pink. Um, <laughs> like, uh, what have you? How have you seen those changes being made? And uh, how like how how positive do you think that is for women to just uh, kind of have their own uh, side of things and. and and it's yeah. If you want to wear men's gear, all all, all the power to you. But uh, they also you kind of have your own stuff as well. I'm so stoked with with what's coming out right now. Like my entire riding career, I've either chosen to be really girly looking. Um, I remember my first set of actual girls' gear was this fox. I don't know what they called it, but it was fox, and it was like a mauve purple color. Oh yeah, and I, I saw. It. Yeah, Erin Normoyle had worn it in a magazine back in the day, and she was a fox rider, and she actually rode, and I really looked up to her. Um, so that was my first set of actual girls' gear. But then once I started getting more comfortable on dirt bikes, I kind of wanted to hide the fact that I was a girl and wear guys' gear. And mm -hmm. and it just – the colorways were always better. I didn't want to wear pink anymore or purple or anything. I just I just wanted normal gear. <laughs> And in the last couple of years, especially this past year, um, 
like Fox just released their whole women's kits and they're unreal for colorways. You know, they still have the pink and black here and that's totally cool. Um, but they've got some great colorways with like navy and yellow and like a dark red and black and just the design of it is more modern. It's, uh, it kind of mimics the guys gear that I would probably buy. Um, it's just nice to have a, a set of girls gear that fits properly and actually looks good. For sure. And I don't think that's, uh, you're asking too much when it comes to, uh, wanting to, uh, look good, feel good on two wheels. Um, at, at it, just as a kind of a side note, at any point, have you ever had one of the, uh, uh, chest protectors that were, let's just say, <laughs> anatomically correct? Uh, as the far as women's stuff, I always laugh when you see that. I've never owned one and I've never seen, like, I've never, I've never seen one to buy it either. I've only seen them. In oh, Charlie's belt. Angels. Okay, fair enough, throttle, fair enough. Or whatever it was with yeah, Carrie Hart throttle, and Pink I think, in it. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, um, you'd mentioned kind of a, a navy blue and yellow. That sort of uh, comes in line uh, with um, segueing into the next part of our conversation where we bring Husqvarna Canada into uh, this conversation yeah. and uh, they, they approached you a number of months ago and uh, obviously seeing uh, your involvement and the fact that you're just, uh, in my opinion, uh, the, the best ambassador for uh, the sport of motocross or off-road riding in general within the sport, for sure Manitoba, likely all of Canada. Uh, and uh, and yeah, tell me a little bit about how they've approached you and uh, working with that company. And I'm, I'm sure you're excited about that. Um, Husqvarna has been, like Husqvarna USA was involved with uh, Babes in the Dirt from the beginning. They brought out demo bikes right in, right back when they started in 2015. Um, I never actually rode the Husqvarna bikes all the years I went to Babes in the Dirt until this last year. Um, Fox was kind enough to get me a Honda CRF uh, 250 but they had 30 Husky demo bikes there. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just go hop on one of those for the time being, you know, just go check it out. I hopped on one and I was, I was just, I was kind of blown away. It was the FC 250 and they were brand new 2018s and it just felt so comfortable right out of the gate and they're light. They're already lowered for all the girls there. Um, it just felt really good the moment I hopped on it. And then throughout that weekend, I kind of flip-flopped between the demo bikes and one of the guys working at Husky borrowed me his bike for um, for some trail rides and whatever. And and at the event, they had a they had a couple tracks there, so I'd go out and play on the track on the bike. And and then when I got home, uh, one of the Husqvarna Canada girls reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in becoming a Husky ambassador for Canada. And I, I didn't say no. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, in, in a situation like that, like uh, coming from like for a person who's been in the sport for so long, um, when you, when you're growing up, you, you see these brand ambassadors, you see these factory riders and you could only just dream of like yeah. representing a, 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 a manufacturer. And, and that, to me is, is just the coolest thing. And, uh, it's, it's a very, I, I imagine a very surreal moment for you and, uh, uh, like just an absolute pleasure for you to go forward with it. It's all been, it's all been surreal. Like I don't think I'm anything special or above average at all. And 
yeah, I ride motorcycles and I love them and I own a few, but I never ever anticipated working with Fox or with Husqvarna and I'm super, I'm super grateful for it. And I don't, I don't consider myself going hunting for any of it. I really, I don't care to go hunting for any of these things. I'm not a, I'm not a sales pitch and I won't, you know, if I'm approached with something and I don't believe in it, I'm not going to stand behind it either. I'm not a, I'm not a billboard. And, um, I, there's no way I could say no to Husqvarna Canada. I love the bikes. Um, jumping back onto that Honda that they had gotten for me, which I'm still super thankful that they provided a bike, but it just felt like a, a beast compared to the Husky. It was just, <laughs> a little bit more it nimble. wasn't nimble and it, oh man, what a difference. So, um, yeah, so we we uh, we had some discussion, and they got me a TC250, which um, unfortunately that was all they could get me um, this summer on such fast notice. But I really enjoyed it. I haven't been on a two-stroke in years. Yeah, um, your last two-stroke would have been a YZ125 back in '03. <laughs> yeah, and lots of people, you know, I go to the track now with the bike, and if I'm with another guy who's driven there with me, they'll start talking to him about the bike because they think it's his. <laughs> and then insulting. he's like, no, it, it's, it's hers. And then they look at me and they kind of laugh and, and joke, like, how are you handling all that power? And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of power behind that 250. But honestly, I think if you're in reality, like if you're not a pro rider, you're never going to use all that power. There's no. so much. It's unreal. I unreal. totally agree. I've been on 252 strokes for about five years now, and uh, they're a lot of bike. Um, for the, anyone who doesn't they're think a that bike. a 252 stroke uh, in the 250F class is not an advantage in the right hands, it totally is. Um, but uh, you're able to uh, spin some laps at a track that I'm sure is very close to your heart. It's got a facelift lately, uh, but uh, Shadow yeah. Valley was uh, uh, kind of the first place where you were able to actually go like knobbies in the dirt and um, other than when you, you go out into the into the woods. And that's actually something we can kind of touch on a little bit as well. Um, but what was it like uh, kind of going around the friendly confines of uh, Shadow Valley on your brand new 2018 Husky? That would be the, it was, I think it was the third track I'd ridden with it, but um, that track is so wide open and fast. It was, I was able to actually feel how much power is behind that thing. Um, and there's just, there's so much about these new bikes. Like I haven't owned a new bike it, ever in my life. I've always had used, I've always had a bit older. I've never been able to have a, a brand new bike at my disposal. Um so it's just like, it's unreal to, to look at this bike and look through it. And the 250, everything is within reach. It's so open. Um, you know, you, you can get your air filter without tools. Like it's just, it's so light and open. It's, it's crazy. And out on the track, um, it took some, it's taking some getting used to out on the track. It's, uh, that power band is something, but they have the mapping controls, like the mapping switch right on the bar. So I kind of remember like the number one is go time. That's the performance mode. And number two is a bit more mellow. Um, but the difference is very, very subtle. And, and like I, as far as specs within the bike, I can't tell you all that. I just know how it feels and how to, 
explain what I'm feeling when writing it. For sure. Um, but, but it's definitely like you, you pin it and you thank goodness that that seat is so freaking gricky because <laughs> your ass would fly right off of it. <laughs> For sure. It's, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You'd mentioned that, uh, like even in phone conversations with, with me about a week ago of how much fun that bike is in the woods. And, uh, and that's something oh, that you've kind of so dipped amazing. your toes into um mm -hmm. in the last little while uh manitoba uh was for the longest time it was manitoba motocross association only there's we only had motocross races but um it's 2018 we're a little bit more open-minded these days so we've also uh developed the mdr manitoba dirt riders association and mm -hmm. um they've uh in doing some some single track and stuff like that kind of just uh op broadening your horizons as far as two stroke uh, two two wheel exhilaration goes yeah, like back, you know, when you're you're a kid and racing motocross, that's all you know and that's all you talk about. And if you do anything outside of that, you're just kind of you're kind of weird, right? But now, especially in this last couple of years, I've really tried to explore all there is in in motorcycles, two wheels really. Like, you know, I ride street on a Harley and I ride track with the Husky and I still like the I grew up bush riding. I grew up by a valley, so bush riding I'm quite familiar with. I hadn't done it in a couple of years, but um, I went out to one of the MDR races and and everyone was laughing because I didn't have any um, uh, bark busters on, and they're like, "Oh, be careful for your hands." But I honestly did not hit a single tree in that hour, like not one. And because I ride so much mountain bike now too, it's it felt like a mountain bike in the bush. I just didn't have to pedal. It was just so <laughs> agile and nimble. And I felt like I could just weave through all the trees and I had enough, I had enough power where I needed to. It was just like, I, I got done that hour and I was like, holy crap, this is, this is my favorite kind of riding right now is just weaving through a bush. It's, I love it. So fun. And that's cool that you would uh, stumble across that over uh, after almost two decades or damn near uh, over two decades of twisting the throttle. Uh, and yeah, just getting back to that throttle therapy, not always the fastest lap, not always the fa the uh, doing the biggest jumps, but just getting out there and enjoying your motorcycle. And I think uh, mm -hmm. your exploration in the kind of a crossover sport like mountain biking uh, can kind of uh, gain that appreciation that you now have for it. And uh, that's a really positive thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this last year, or so I did some bush riding and track riding, and um, I worked with uh, Flat Track Manitoba on some some logo pieces, and they were nice enough to sign me up for Flat Track Canada School this past summer as well. So I've kind of been dabbling every kind of every way of riding a motorcycle lately to figure out what I really, really love and what I can appreciate at a distance. Um, flat tracking is crazy. It's so much harder than it looks. So much harder. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, not to mention, there's no front brake on that. By the way, most people don't even take that into no. consideration. Um, and uh, yeah, you're, you're you're taking that uh, bull by the horns. You're basically the the female Ryan Sipes, and I will mention that to him later on when I text him. Uh, that guy has competed in, uh, um, he's going to be in straight rhythm. He's going to represent, uh, Puerto Rico at the motocross the nations. Uh, recent outdoor mm -hmm. national, uh, uh, 
TT race at, at Sturgis, you name it. Um, I think uh, there's some parallels on the other side of the border when it comes to uh, Mr. Ryan Sipes, but, uh, and you're both on Huskies. Um, so next year, when it comes to uh, um, sourcing out a bike, might we see you on a, uh, an FC250 uh, ripping up the woods of, uh, of the 204? I'm kind of, yeah, I'm hoping it's either, and it's kind of a toss-up too because two strokes are just so fun in the bush. So maybe maybe a TC125 or or FC250. Okay. Or maybe we'll, we'll throw in a dip pill in 701. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that that would be that would be cool too. Husqvarna is a, a very active um, manufacturer in uh, in in Canada, and I think they're that's only going to grow. Um, like, uh, what are what kind of are, are your kind of like hopes with that sort of like uh, like what, what would you love to see it kind of morph into when someone sees you doing what you love to do, which is of course ride uh, your motorcycle, what would you like to hope that they're thinking and, and what kind of like, what kind of message would you like to, uh, convey, uh, when you're, uh, doing what you love to do? Uh, I hope that they think that looks like a lot of fun. I need to go do that. Okay. And, um, and probably I, you know, and it's been, it's probably in the first podcast too, but the entire, my entire riding career, People look at me kind of like I need help. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I've got like the like the victim look or like she probably needs help loading her bike or something along those lines. But I, I hope think that they the the actual quote was that, this this hundred pound little schnurps uh, <laughs> needs some help with her bike. If I can, if I if I if my memory serves me, that's exactly what you you said four years ago. Uh, maybe four oh, years totally. of change. Uh, yeah, I, I would say often do no, when, when they see you at the track that little schnurps need a little hand with her bike. But uh, yeah, you, you handle it quite well. There was a guy this summer, and he was talking to my buddy who was with me about um, the air forks on the bike because we were just I was just got the bike. I was just learning how it all works, and he's talking to my buddy about it and trying to set it up for his weight. And he's like, no, no, like this is hers. And he looks at me and he's like, oh boy. Like I'm, I'm not 160 pounds here. <laughs> oh. And you know, it's funny too. I had a conversation. Uh, there's like a festival that goes on in our town and um, there was, there's like a whole bunch of craftsmen and food and whatever, but I was walking past this jewelry uh, booth and I was wearing a Fox racing shirt and, and had a, I don't know, a Fox pin on or something. And he said something to me, like, out of nowhere about motorcycles. And I was just kind of like, really? Like, how did you piece that together? And he said, well, the, the shirt. And I said, oh, yeah. And then he asked me what I was riding. And I said, Husqvarna and a Harley and a Honda. And um, he kind of, like, he perked up when I said Husqvarna. And then he goes joking around with me and said, like, bring that down downtown and I'll take it for a rip. And I was like, I don't think you can handle it. He was a bit older, and he's he's joking like get my hair in the wind, and and he was bald, and <laughs> but it's those are the conversations that I love that people, I don't know, that's kind of the motorcycle community is that you have such a common ground right out of the gate, and you can carry these conversations, and it, they just develop so easily. There's no effort in developing them; they just they just unravel on their own, and that's kind of my favorite part. So if someone sees me, back to your question, 
when someone sees me, I hope that I hope that they have an interest in getting into motorcycles. I hope that maybe they think that they can see themselves, you know, out riding on a bike if it's a husky or or whatever, you know, just out riding. I think that's it's such a cool community. I I would hope that they would be able to to get involved with it. For sure. And I think that's why you were approached to begin with is that uh, they often say leading my example isn't the best way to lead. It's the only way to lead. And from the get go, uh, you've always really done that. And I think that's why you've been approached by um, companies and, and different establishments is that, that, that they see you leading by example, living your life and say that is what we want uh, our uh, company represented by. We want that uh, as, as something that that person lives the uh, kind of the the essence of what the company uh, is kind of that mission statement. And um, I, I like when I, when I was talking to uh, uh, his name's Bruce Willis, I believe it or not, over at, uh, uh, <laughs> over at Husky, when he said that they'd uh, uh, approached you did not surprise me whatsoever. Uh, because when it comes to leading by example within the sport of motocross or just as far as women's athletics here in Manitoba, I can't think of somebody who, would, who does it better. Oh, thank you. I um, I'm always kind of you know in shock whenever I get approached by anyone really about stuff like that. I'm just I'm always kind of like, well, why me? Like, <laughs> I don't like I get it, and I get the social media aspect and the marketing aspect, but um, I'm always just kind of I'm always just kind of in shock and just super thankful for it all. I just yeah. I I don't think I'm the fastest anymore or I'm not the loudest or the most I'm definitely awkward. I'm sure this whole interview has been one awkwardness, but Got um <laughs> I, I love I, I love motorcycles, I love two wheels and apparently that speaks louder than than what I'm able to mutter out. Fair enough, and absolutely, uh, and it's a it's a pleasure to watch you ride on the, uh, the occasions that I have been able to uh, over the last few years. A little bit less lately, with uh, most of my attention being at the the motocross races, and uh, ha- haven't had the chance to see you uh, enjoying the Shadow Valley Raceway. But m- maybe before uh, the snow flies this season, that's going to have to happen. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, and honestly, another thing that's kind of kept that kind of kept you off the bike a little bit here and there, uh, and even in the 2014 season was uh, when you happened to uh, wrap your noodle a little bit. So uh, I kind of like uh, curious as to uh, in your journey of um, racing motocross and, and mountain bikes and this that and the other thing, um, what what like what kind of uh, bumps and bruises have you come across along the way and? Uh, um, Mm-hmm. Um, how do you approach the, the recovery process? Do you kind of let those things get to you? Uh, does it take you a while to get back on the motorcycle or are you able to, uh, leave that behind and say, no, I want some more. Mm, it's been a challenge actually. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole injury list because it's long, but we had to delay this podcast because it got knocked out last Thursday. There you go. And with a, and with a concussion and, even now my ribs are bruising and I'm having trouble laughing and moving. <laughs> so it's kind of delayed me a little bit right now getting into fall riding, but um, it's a challenge and I battle, like I know a lot of riders battle with, with the idea of crashing and what could happen. And um, probably in the first podcast, I mentioned my brother was paralyzed from racing. Um, and I honestly 
I can't pick another sport where there's injuries like motocross. It's they're freaking gnarly. They're mm-hmm. always gnarly. Um, like a girl races here in Manitoba and I read something about her, her pupil was damaged or something when she got hit. But, um, like that shit's crazy to me. And it's always in the back of my mind. And I try to try to push it out because I love riding and I go through this internal battle of, of fear and fun. And, um, I don't know. I think you're, I think it, I think you're stupid to ignore that fear. Um, I think there needs to be a respect for what you're doing for motorcycles in general. They're not, they're not for the faint of heart. They're shit can go wrong fast and it can go wrong very badly. And, um, I think to have a respect for that fear and not let it run you is, is kind of the key. And that's such a battle in its own, but, um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 a tightrope. You you have to use that fuel and the exhilaration. Uh, that's a lot of times it's part of the enjoyment. It is the the uh, I didn't mm-hmm. think I could jump it, but when I did, I felt like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. And but then also feel and then facing the consequences that I'm going to take off of this jump, and, and maybe I go too far. <laughs> maybe I don't go far enough. Maybe that whip that I tried to throw didn't come back all the way, and and you live with the consequences of of, of the mistakes you make on two wheels. But uh, at the end of the day, as I've explained to uh, many concerned mothers, it's um, it's it's, it's yeah. been uh, the enjoyment of an athlete to uh, to go out there and accept those risks and enjoy the the concrete and those fears. And uh, motocross gets in your blood. Those uh, those pegs are sharp for a reason. They dig into your soul and they don't let go. And um, mm-hmm. it's something that uh, <laughs> it's really difficult to try and explain to someone who hasn't done it. Uh, and I think that's brave is basically like that is almost like a precursor anytime that you try to explain it to somebody, but, uh, um, we love it so much. And that's why we've been, uh, uh, emptying our wallets, uh, on parts and, uh, and, and, yeah, and, and spending all the time <laughs> over the years to, to do that. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, and that's some, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was done. It's kind of, that's kind of another aspect of it too, is, um, now I lost my train of thought here. Um, oh, where walls. did it go? Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Now I forget. Um, are you sure you're over your concussion oh, yeah. yet? No, I thought it was now. <laughs> now I remember. Okay. That's kind of why I've been exploring different avenues of riding and, and you know, I've gotten, it's not, it's, it's almost annoying when people are like, why aren't you racing anymore? Like you're not racing anymore. It doesn't mean I'm not done with motorcycles. It doesn't mean I don't still have a passion for riding. It just means that my life is changing and, and my responsibilities are changing and I want to find different ways to enjoy motorcycles without as many consequences. And if you race, you know that you put it all on the line. There's no question. You know, you. it's different when you're racing. Kind of the, the, yeah, it just goes all on the line. With just riding and having fun, I'm really enjoying just being with people who ride and share the same love for the sport and being able to go home a little sore and still do what I need to do. Um yeah. 
Yeah, I, I call it throttle therapy. Uh, I often I need a therapy session at least once a week, sometimes twice if necessary, if it's a, a, a tougher week. And uh, I go out, uh, I ride my pace uh, every once in a while. I try and rail a corner as hard as I, I, I once could or, or as hard as I can. And, uh, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I still probably, I ride right around 80, 90%. Um, and, and I'm really happy with that. I like that pace. And it, it's something that it's still fun to go around like that. I can make all the jumps and I can rip all the corners. Uh, but, uh, and not mm -hmm. to say that I don't enjoy racing, uh, but, uh, like you don't race at 90%. It's impossible to, uh, that, uh, competitive nature within you decides that you, like, I haven't been jumping that all day, but the person in front of me just did. So I have to, and, uh, it, yeah, it, it gets you into, uh, it gets you some, into some pickles every once in a while. So, um, yeah, I totally yeah. get you on that side of things. And, uh, and I'm glad that you've uh, also turned to, uh, uh, mountain bikes a little bit too, because, uh, um, the, the skill set transfers over and, uh, and that stuff's a heck of a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why more more racers don't ride mountain bikes. The the skills are totally the same. Plus, if you do a lot of mountain biking, especially we live in Manitoba, so we're in the flats. So cross country is kind of what we're riding. You still yeah. get to have some downs, but you got to work for your work for your downs. But the <laughs> crossover from that cardio training to riding is is unreal. Like I started noticing it the first year I was getting into mountain biking, and I just noticed like. I can go the, around the track so much more and I'm not tired and I'm not, I'm not what it used to be. And I think that the crossover from mountain biking and that cardio aspect really helps a huge amount. However, with mountain biking in the last couple of years, like last, last August, I broke my ankle and Ouch. this last Thursday I got knocked out and concussion and bruised ribs for mountain biking. So, I mean, to each their own. There is like a loss of a learning curve, me. I suppose. <laughs> no, it's that you start getting comfortable, just like on okay. a dirt bike. Like, you start feeling more confident, and you're feeling good, and then shit goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you're you're almost overriding, you're overriding the terrain or, or what you're able to handle, and then, you know stuff goes wrong <laughs> for sure you you find a new limit and uh the, the only thing you can do after finding the the last limit is find a new one push that envelope and uh and in it's it's comes part and parcel with loving the things that we do um and, and yeah. that also uh includes like uh like uh, whether it be uh, a new art project something that you've uh, really been involved with and something that's been i think very close to your heart over the last few years is is your art and i'm sure there's uh, limitations and barriers that you've broken through within your own creative realm um, that you've explored in the last little while. Uh, where does that kind of come in for you? Um, the importance of that and just getting those creative juices flowing. And um, is it at all kind of in likeness to the uh, the feeling you get when you're just freedom on two wheels? You also have freedom with a paintbrush mm -hmm. in your hand as well. That's kind of changed over the years. I remember that question in our first podcast. And, okay. Um, in the last few years, I've really, like, my my job, I'm a designer, I own a marketing company, and I also do, I also sell paintings. Um, but now that's become more of a job. So I try to not take any custom painting work as much as I can so that I can still enjoy that part. Um, summer is definitely not my, 
not my painting season because I'm so busy with everything else. And oh, for sure. it's hard to, it's hard to sit inside or sit anywhere and paint when I could be out riding or doing something outdoors. Um, so winter, winter hermit time is kind of when I start painting a lot more. Um, but moto has really influenced most of my artwork and it's been able to connect me with, um, multiple clients, multiple moto clients, um, whether it's like rebranding racers or uh, doing some cool like custom artwork for Bates in the Dirt. I did their, I've been doing their, um, their flyers for like the last three years for the, for the event. And then, um, yeah, just in the winter I spend time painting and I can sell my artwork online, which is super cool. It always blows my mind. That's another, that's just another thing another realm that I'm kind of shocked that people actually like my artwork and, you know, they are fans of it and they want to buy it and own, and own originals. That's, I don't know. Social media is crazy. It, it really is. Oh, it, it connects, connects so much. You connect so easily on it uh, with a click of the button. You can be on uh, Desiree 201 and uh, on your, your Instagram, which uh, um, like if you're not already photo following, you should be. Um, which is you're you're pretty uh, pretty good about posting quite often with it, well whether it be on the husky or uh, uh, just um, out enjoying life. I think you're a great follow, um, as well as uh, yeah. I think if uh, the people can head over to the website as well uh, to, um, mm-hmm. to to see some of your work because I'm sh- like honestly I'm a big fan of your stuff and like you just mentioned uh, not taking a lot of custom stuff and I guess I'll bite my tongue when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. asking you to make me something special. I got some, I've got some weird requests over the years and okay. it tends to, I like, I procrastinate really hard when I get a custom piece because it doesn't feel like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same as if I, if I make something for myself and, and people enjoy it. Um, but yeah, going back to social media, I, I completely struggle with social media and that whole, what it's become. I don't want to lose, like, I'm not, I don't want to post to sell you anything. I don't want to be that person. I just, I just want to show you a glimpse of what I'm doing and the realness of it. And I want to stay as authentic as I can with it and not be here by this or here by this. Um, and that's, it's hard too, because being an ambassador, you, you're an ambassador to sell the product. However, I really do stand behind Fox and Husqvarna. Um, There's just so much history for me with both brands, um, especially with Fox, just the history and growing up. I remember being 13 and wearing the gear. And I remember that motocross movie, they, the, the chicken there had a blue t-shirt with a, a little cartoon Fox girl. And she had a blonde ponytail. Right. Um, I still remember owning that shirt and getting a sticker and putting on my snowboard. So everybody knew that I, I raced motocross and I rode dirt bikes. And I just remember that whole, that whole phase of my life. And there's a lot of history with flocks, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. There's a good connection that way. Yeah. Even with Husqvarna, like I had no idea their, their actual history of how they started and where they started and, and I'm a kind of a, 
I'm kind of a nerd like that and really like reading up on the history of, of different companies and how they started. But I think they started off like making military, um, military arms or something like yeah, that. And then they led into, they led into motorcycles and it's just, it's such a cool aspect. Um, and I, I haven't explored other brands history, but I'm sure that it's not as rich as what theirs is. And, you know, even the designs of the bike, I, I'm not, I, I don't know all the specs and I don't know how everything works, but I can step back and truly appreciate the design of the motorcycle and, and their brand in general. It's just, everything kind of lines up with, with me, I guess, if that makes sense. For sure. Um, uh, it's, it's a brand that uh, has a rich heritage, uh, obviously um, a huge amount of uh, um, European motorcycle manufacturers came over uh, as motocross, cross, cross, motorcycle cross-country racing uh, took hold in, uh, in North America. Of course, like Boltaco, Can-Am, uh, a lot of those companies um, that, uh, that were, were really prevalent back then have gone away but one that's really been strong for a long period of time has been Husqvarna and, of course, under new ownership now. But I think that was KTM's um, acknowledgement of how iconic that brand is and that, that blue and the yellow is just so uh, um, connective to the sport of motocross. And uh, um, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool to see that continue. And uh, I enjoy working with them. And I know that you've also enjoyed uh, getting to know everyone over at uh, SAR uh, Steinbeck uh, just that much more now that you're uh, an ambassador. And that's who you go to to uh, not only pick up that beautiful uh, 252 stroke, but uh, if you ever do need some parts for it, that's who you're going to have to call. Yeah, they've been great to, great to work with um, so far. And um... You know, they're the only Husqvarna dealer in Manitoba, which blows my mind, too. Like, um, I'm seeing more and more people on Huskies, too. And I'm happy to see that just because the, the bikes are just unreal. I, I, I honestly can't compare them. For sure. And I think uh, uh, I can uh, attest to it. I like uh, just seeing uh, uh, one of the local uh, phenoms comes from sort of your neck of the woods, Miami, Manitoba, which isn't too far from Morden. Uh, in, in Ryan Miller, jumps on a 252 stroke, uh, not unlike the one yeah. that you're on right now. The guy's had some success. Uh, the bike looks good, sounds good, and uh, he's been taking that to, uh, some more than a few moto victories lately. And uh, I look to uh, possibly be one on one for next season, uh, making a switch from the orange machine to a white one. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah, like uh, f- fingers crossed that I can make it all work. But uh, um, yeah, like it, it's uh, it's a beautiful machine, and uh, I think you're totally right as far as the the styling of the motorcycles. They're beautiful to look at, and they also yeah. uh, seem to have this really good connection with what um, like the the simplistic the uh, I wouldn't say like some some timeless designs that they currently have with their motorcycles, mm-hmm. and um, like just even the fact that the shrouds. The, they come with the, the Husqvarna graphic already on there, and you, you don't need to uh, do too much to really make them uh, kind of your own and whatnot. And, and he, honestly, I, like from what it looks like, you didn't really do too much other than uh, throw the, uh, the two no. zero ones on there, and uh, let's go right. Yeah, coming from a design background, um, and I know that it's always, I don't know, you don't, I don't want to sound too artsy or, you know, weird about it but the design of just the motorcycle and the way it looks and the colorway and everything 
oh, they're just so pretty. And I had to laugh. I was um, talking to one of the Husky girls and uh, I was like, even the manual is pretty. Like it comes in this pretty little felt package and like it's well thought out. Down to the manual, I mean, they're they're thinking through the whole experience of owning oh, sure. a Husqvarna, and it's it's really nice to see that added touch. Like, I I'm sure a lot of people don't actually notice that part. I don't know, maybe they do, but coming from a design background, I'm like, oh, like the bike is pretty and the manual is pretty, and like the whole thing is just they've done such an awesome job. For sure, they they oh. they've definitely got. A great fit and finish to their product. It almost uh, they're uh, to me they're almost like the craft coffee of uh, of motocross bikes. It, it just uh, a little bit more care is taken uh, when approaching uh, the 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 simplicities and maybe the things that would have otherwise get, gotten overlooked. I hope that people uh, also go follow Husqvarna uh, Canada or uh, Husqvarna Motorcycle Canada on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, check those guys out. Always some cool updates as well as Sar Steinbach. Uh, and we thank them for uh, uh, connecting uh, the two of us for yet another podcast where we were able to kind of um, dive into the world of one uh, Desiree Hildebrand who uh, um, has just, uh, you've carved out a really cool um, life for yourself with on two wheels. And uh, like I said, um, the the fact that you're able to um, live by example and lead by example through uh, the sport and just enjoy it and, and show people that how much fun you can have on two wheels. That's the essence of a great ambassador. It's not the like, Hey guys, try this product. It's, um, it's just <laughs> going out and enjoying it. Like when you see someone cool wearing, let's say Oakley sunglasses, like it's not like they're in infomercial mode all the time. You just see a, like a, a confident human being wearing a, a stylish pair of shades and um, before not before long, you find yourself at the sunglass hut uh, flopping down 150 bucks for a beautiful pair of sunglasses to match theirs. So I think that's kind of uh, the whole idea behind it is just to enjoy it, live your life, enjoy your Husqvarna, and uh, and hopefully through that people will uh, see that and want to do the same. Yeah, I really appreciate appreciate that about um, both Fox and Husqvarna. They're not trying to change what I'm doing or who I am. And they know that I'm not a super outspoken person and, and sales pitchy like that. Um, I hope, well, I don't hope like I only communicate what I know, right. I'm not, I'm not going to sell anything above and beyond. Um, if I like something, I'll let you know. If I don't, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's, I don't know. super easy that way, but I, I can see, like that's how social media I think ruins a lot of that too is you know there's people selling selling shit they don't believe in just just to get free product or just to get free whatever um, even if it doesn't align with their values and I don't I don't think that's the way to go Oh for sure you're not going to get what, you're not going to get what you want it's, No that's not a that's not a stepping stone in the right direction you're just re- representing something you don't believe in um, that speaks more about other people's character, I guess. Absolutely. But. And I've definitely learned that over the years. Like I've, I've worked with some companies in the past and I won't name any names, but just um, the product wasn't where it needed to be. 
And my, like when I would tell people to try the product that like, I, I wasn't even wholeheartedly saying that that's the best, whatever that happened to have been. And honestly, I, I think it's, it's probably a, a more, uh, um, resounding, uh, testimonial when I actually, uh, put down that product that like I was getting for free that wasn't working properly. Go to the, uh, go to SAR and grab, uh, a, a pair of, uh, like, uh, like I spend my own hard-earned money on a pair of brand new goggles and wear them because that's yeah. what works and that's the brand that I believe in. And uh, uh, if people happen to buy mm -hmm. from that brand, great. But uh, honestly, I just wanted to have a uh, good 100% goggles on my face. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> totally. But uh, so I've already kind of plugged them, but uh, um, where can people find you on social media and, uh, and what are other some things that maybe you have coming down the pipe in the next little while that people can look forward to? What's coming down the pipe? Fall riding once I feel a little bit better. Okay. Um, I'm opening a store with my family at the end of September. That's what I was getting been, Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's not really moto related though. So yeah, we're opening a store at the end of September, home decor and lady, lady home accessories, that kind of thing. Um, my mom's always wanted to do it. So my brother and I are working with her. Um, my life is kind of just like a balancing act between riding and painting and client work and this store. It's all just kind of balance is not a good word. I'm not good at balancing. I'm just no. trying to do everything that I like doing. More like a juggling act good. than a uh, than balance. Yeah, and just try to do everything the best that I can. Um, I like having lots of projects on the go. I don't like I don't like a lot of downtime. I'm always on the go. My brain's always on the go. Um, I'm trying to juggle my clients and keep them happy and find time to paint and find time to build this business with my family. And, and then in the evenings and weekends, try and ride. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with one final question. And it's a question that I asked you, uh, within the, the first podcast and people can go back and listen to see if maybe your answer has changed in four years. Um, if you could, uh, speak to, uh, young women athletes, whether they're, uh, playing rugby, football, or motocross, what would you, uh, what would your message be to them? What would be your, uh, their, your best advice to them moving forward in their athletic career? Just keep doing your sport. Keep excelling at your sport. Don't try and chase all of these sponsorships and don't try and be someone you're not, you know, don't compromise your values and integrity to get further in the game. Um, if you're good, if you're excelling in your sport, um, people will come to you. It's, you don't need to, you don't need to become this other person. You don't need to shed your clothes. If you don't want, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to compromise yourself in order to excel. Well, there you go. A, a heartfelt message from a woman who uh, has worked hard uh, for her spot, her little place uh, within the motocross mm -hmm. industry. Desiree 
It's so uh, nice to have you on the podcast again. I think we're going to have to have you on again, uh, not in the next four years, but prior to that. Um, so maybe make this a more regular thing where we kind of check in on a little bit, uh, check in on you a little bit more, uh, and going to get your thoughts even on uh, some of the happenings of of what's been going on with the motocross industry and races and stuff like that. Maybe even bring you on for a race review or something like that, uh, provided you do in mm-hmm. fact watch all of those Supercross and motocross races we pour over uh, week in week out. But uh, this has been really fun. I promise that I will be just as awkward in those next rounds too. <laughs> Perfect. Well, as long it's, as you can it's keep also that up. my other gift in life. <laughs> Social awkwardness. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a, a trait that two the two of us share and uh, we embrace, and I think that's what another reason why uh, we we just uh, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Desiree. <laughs> Hildebrand here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and the Fast House. Uh, I've been your host, Brad Gephardt. With us online, of course, was Desiree. And we thank you so much for your time tonight. Thanks for having me on, Brad.